Imagine a scenario where you're in the mood for a true crime podcast. You take out your headphones and press play on the first recommendation. You're excited to delve into an eerie and chilling case. Is someone missing? Is there a conspiracy about to be uncovered? As you listen to the beginning, you're met with a startling surprise. The podcast sucks. And now imagine that you're listening to a different podcast, one that exceeds your expectations. The storytelling is well done. The details are thoroughly researched. The music is chilling and unsettling. And then there's the best part. You get to listen to my deep and creepy voice. When you listen to Still Unsolved, you get to join us as we bring the true crime genre back to its roots. Every week, we highlight different cases of missing persons, wanted felons, unsolved murders, and the truly bizarre occurrences of life. Subscribe to Still Unsolved wherever you like to listen to your podcasts and join us. With your help, some of these cases may no longer be an unsolved mystery. You're listening to True Crime Feed. Chief Pod Investigator Angela Ferrari. I've done the dirty work for you by sampling the true crime shows currently trending on the charts to give you my favorite recommendations. I've also dug deep into the archives from the past decade to curate a feed of the best true crime podcasts for your listening fulfillment. On today's show, I will give you a rundown of my top three favorite true crime podcasts currently trending on the charts. But first on the docket, let's do a deep dive dish on a show from the archives I think you will really enjoy. Let's discuss the case for Bitter Blood, Kasem versus Kasem from AYR Media. Here's a synopsis. Casey Kasem rises to international acclaim as a radio personality known for his weekend top 40 show. He had a long, successful career amassing an estate worth over $100 million. His Bel Air mansion is so fancy, it even has a heart-shaped pool. But in 2014, Kasem was dying, and an epic battle rages between his second wife, Jean Kasem, and his oldest children from his first marriage, Carrie, Julie, and Mike. This ain't your ordinary family feud. When I say battle, I mean hot mess express of epic proportions battle, including a showdown where raw meat is thrown. Have you ever been meat slapped? Actually, don't answer that. Before you listen to the series, go to truecrimefeed.com and sign up for my newsletter where I curate visual aids to accompany the show. Be sure to get a glimpse of this week's key players. We have Casey and his dazzling smile, Gene Kasem, his second wife, Carrie Kasem, his oldest daughter, and for extra credit, you'll see Martin Cove, the narrator of the story, who you may recognize from the Karate Kid movies. I think it really enhances your experience to have a visual in your mind before you go on this wild ride. Bitter Blood Kasem vs. Kasem sets the stage in 2014 with an extremely sick Casey Kasem being taken away from his hospital bed in the middle of the night against doctor's orders by his second wife, Jean. They poof, vanish. 
Kasem's disappearance makes international headlines. His three oldest children from his first marriage tried desperately to find him. It's the point where a long, simmering feud between Jean and her stepchildren turns into a very public crusade. It's a very intriguing setup, but before we go any further, let's learn a little about Casey Kasem's early years. He is born in Detroit in the 1930s to the parents of Lebanese immigrants, and he has a very difficult childhood. I'm talking Harry Potter difficult. First, his baby brother Manir dies, and then his parents have another son, and they name him Manir also. Then, his mother contracts tuberculosis and is unable to care for her children. So, little Casey is reluctantly taken in by a neighbor and forced to sleep under the stairs. I know, right? But instead of getting his acceptance letter to Hogwarts, his first big break comes when he lands a job as a radio broadcaster for high school sports. Shortly after, Casey is drafted to the Korean War where he was a DJ for the U.S. Army. Good morning, Sangnam! He eventually works his way up through the ranks of broadcasting and he successfully avoids being implicated in the payola scandal. I wish the podcast dug into this because it's quite a tantalizing time in history. So let me give you a quick sidebar. Payola was a scandal in the late 50s where popular stations and DJs were accused of illegally taking money from the music industry in exchange for radio play. The podcast American Scandal dedicates a whole season to the Payola story. It's super juicy. Anyhoozle, Casey goes on to host his very own weekly mega hit of a show, American Top 40, for the next three decades. Do you remember the long-distance dedication? Ugh, so iconic. I definitely tuned in every weekend in middle school to hear who would be number one. For the longest time, it was Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. Uh, I'll never let go. I went down a rabbit hole and found some other surprising songs that dominated at the number one spot during the Kasem era. My favorites included Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You from the Bodyguard soundtrack with Kevin Costner. It spent 11 weeks at the number one spot. There was also Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody at number one for 14 weeks. Mariah Carey and Boys to Men spent 16 weeks at number one. And Brian Adams' Everything I Do, I Do It For You from the Robin Hood soundtrack, getting that Kevin Costner bump again, spent 16 weeks at number one. These songs were the soundtrack of my childhood, and I remember the sound of Casey's iconic voice in between. My very first visual memories of Casey Kasem were those legendary cameos he made on Saved by the Bell wearing those zazzy sweaters. And did you know he was also the voice of Shaggy from the Scooby-Doo cartoon? Here's another wild tidbit. Kasem was a longtime vegan and refused to do a Burger King commercial as the voice of Shaggy. He turned down a huge sum of money just for his beliefs. And to their credit, instead of firing Kasem, Hanna-Barbera Productions made Shaggy's character a vegetarian on the show. I'm really glad the podcast dedicated time to telling the early years of Casey's story before all of the drama at the end of his life goes down. Speaking of drama, next we learn about Jean. If you haven't already, do yourself a favor and check out the visuals of Jean Kasem. I'll wait. 
Yeah. First thing you notice, she's a very tall, Nordic-looking gal who loves to rock a high pony. Jean meets Kasem when she's working in an office, and they have a whirlwind romance. They get married after about a year after Kasem's divorce from his first wife. And his three oldest children, who are around ages six, seven, and eight at the time, are not invited to the wedding. But don't worry, they got to watch it on TV, with the Reverend Jesse Jackson officiating. Jean lands a few television roles, including portraying a ditzy second wife on the show Cheers. But she never really gets much further in her acting career. Jean and Casey have a daughter named Liberty. Then Jean starts a company called Little Miss Liberty, which specialized in making round cribs. I found some great photos of these cribs, and my favorite one is Baby Pink with a big satin dust ruffle adorned with ribbon-covered canopy posts, tons of frills, and big bows. It's like if a bad 80s prom dress was made into a crib. And for some reason, Little Miss Liberty was not a smash hit. According to Casey Kasem's longtime personal assistant, Gons, Casey transferred nearly $10 million of his own money in hopes to keep the company afloat. But eventually, Little Miss Liberty Cribs Company dissolves, and soon after, Casey, who's been living with a terrible disease called Louis Body Dementia, falls into rapid decline. And that's when the games begin of Hide and Seek, Sick Elderly Famous DJ Edition. Jean does everything in her power to keep Casey's eldest children away from him. She haphazardly transports him from place to place, crossing state lines. Daughter Carrie and a private investigator track Jean and Casey down to Washington State. Carrie stages a protest and they clash with a pro-Jean biker gang. And then, Jean throws frozen meat at them. Talk about having beef with someone. There are court battles, adult protective services gets involved, and headlines are being made weekly with each side accusing the other of trying to kill Casey for his money. And then in June 2014, America's DJ Casey Kasem dies. But this war is far from over. Carrie demands an autopsy before her father is set to be cremated. Jean takes his remains outside of the country. Carrie goes on an international manhunt trying to track down her father's body. And approximately six months after his death, Jean takes his remains to Oslo, Norway. And there they have a burial with only Jean and Liberty in attendance. And don't they look fabulous? I found a very artsy black and white photo that Liberty posted on Facebook of her and Jean wearing black top hats holding long stem roses in front of a horse-drawn carriage. So elegant. But what about Casey, you ask? This incredible man who lived an extraordinary life is put in the ground without a headstone. I don't know about you, but I found that detail devastating. Family and friends, they can't let it go either. We learn about the aftermath. Casey's brother Manir files suit against Jean for wrongful death, and Casey's Bel Air mansion falls into disrepair. They shut off the water to the heart-shaped pool, y'all! 
Carrie Kasem becomes an outspoken advocate against elder abuse while continuing to take hits from Gene in the media. Gene even makes claims that Carrie was not Casey's biological daughter. Even as recently as 2021, they are still in conflict. Gene recently auctioned off some of his most prized items, including Casey's longtime microphone, music memorabilia, and personal album photos, much to the chagrin of his eldest children. I did a little more snooping, and one interesting tidbit that they don't mention on the podcast was that, according to Gene, the source of this whole feud started when Carrie became a Scientologist. Gene argues in a countersuit that Carrie conspired with the Church of Scientology to kill Casey and get his money. Yeah, this whole story is so wackadoo. It's pretty eye-opening how many of us know someone firsthand or have experienced horrible legal and emotional battles over someone's end-of-life care in their estate. In many cases, the more money at stake, the worse the shenanigans. And I think this podcast demonstrates everything that could possibly go wrong. You will get some good takeaways, like the patient's bill of rights that will allow you to advocate better for yourself or for someone you love if you're ever put into an insane situation like this. I would love to hear your thoughts on Bitter Blood, Kasem versus Kasem. Send me a long-distance request, or maybe you shopped at Little Miss Liberty back in the day and want to share an MTV round crib tour. You can email me directly at Angela at thetruecrimefeed.com, where all emails are read, but not all can be replied to. Or join the True Crime Feed Facebook discussion group. Keep an open mind and be kind to fellow True Crime Feed friends. Stay tuned till after the break to hear my top three podcast power ranking of the week. Hey, True Crime Feed listeners, I have a teensy little ask of you. I need your help to grow my audience so I can keep the stories coming. So I'm asking you to take a moment and share True Crime Feed with five friends you think will enjoy the show. Like a fun, awesome pyramid scheme, but you still get to hang on to your money. Cool. And if you want extra gold stars, go to Apple Podcasts and write a review for True Crime Feed. I am an independent one woman show, and you taking a moment to do this will help me grow and compete with the big networks out there. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Now back to the show. And we're back. Here are three shows currently trending that I think you will really enjoy. I present to you this week's podcast power ranking. At number three, we have Ghost Herd, a true story of family, fraud, land, and power in the American West. I thought I heard of every kind of possible grift or fraud, but this is a new one to me. A cowboy goes and fabricates a ghost herd of 265,000 cattle that only exist on paper, and he brings in hundreds of millions in investment dollars from companies including a meatpacking giant. It's a fraud on a massive scale. I'm on episode two, and this meat story is pretty sizzling. At the number two spot, we have The Opportunist. It's true stories of regular people who turn sinister by embracing opportunity. How does an everyday person turn into a thief, a scammer, or a cult leader? 
I think you'll really like this. It's great unwind crime content, and I love the format of having a story wrap up in just a few episodes. Some are four-part series, and some are over in just one episode. A standout episode for me was the one about dentist Dr. Scott Charmoli. He was accused of major healthcare fraud, doing things like unnecessary crown procedures. So definitely add the opportunist to your podcast queue. And at the number one spot, my favorite true crime podcast currently trending, we have Bear Brook Season 2. It's the story of Jason Carroll, a New Hampshire man serving life in prison for a murder he says he didn't commit. The only evidence against him? His own taped confession. I don't know about you, but wrongful conviction cases will never not be shocking to me. And we're in good hands with reporter Jason Moon. Dude, Jason Moon hit it out of the park on Bear Brook Season 1. I have been impatiently waiting for another show from him, and it felt like Christmas morning to see this show back for a new season. And now for my miss of the week. It's the show Frozen Head. I love the premise of learning about cryogenics and the quest for immortality, and I have a lot of goodwill and respect for the hosts, Ash and Elena, known for their hit show, Morbid. But I had a really hard time following the story. Their usual fun, free-flowing banter felt a little scripted in this podcast, and it really took away from the show. I might tune back in if I hear it picks up, but for now, I'm hitting the trapdoor button on my podcast queue. Find out next week if Bear Brook Season 2 will continue to claim the number one spot or if another show will take its place. Let me know what trending shows are in your top three and what show fell through your podcast queue trapdoor. I'll also be back dusting off another spectacular true crime show from the archive for your next feeding fix. all for today's true crime feed don't forget to sign up for my weekly newsletter where i post links to my top three favorite shows of the week and bring you fabulous visual aids for every episode and be sure to follow the show on instagram twitter and facebook to join the conversation i'm a brand new independent show so if you enjoyed today's episode please leave a review and tell your fellow partners in crime to listen to true crime feed Thanks for riding along and allowing me to be your audio accomplice. Join me next week for another feeding.